Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646 716 Four nine seven two. And now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Let's get into the hot topic segment today. We've got Scott Roller, co-founder of VendorSurf. VendorSurf is an industry-wide, a mortgage industry-wide vendor directory, and it's sort of a in a unique category all unto itself. And let's get the co-founder on himself to talk about it. Scott, good to have you here, friend. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you, David. Good afternoon, and welcome to our listeners live from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, I'm St. Louis, huh? Yes, yeah. yes. So, uh, got a little fire roaring here in the fireplace on a cold, wet day. So, oh. it's like a little fireside chat, I guess. But, um, well, hey, really, uh, really excited to be here. Um, I'm glad you've opted for the four hour special edition today because there is a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> Good to see you. I love it. But I love we'll condense it. it down to uh, 20 minutes. So all right, yeah. good deal. So let's get into how vendor sourcing and uh, oversight has changed over the past decade. How we find vendors. We got Google, but man, I try Google and stuff out there, and it's like, oh my gosh. So the results are just not satisfying. And there's a lot changed, especially when you look at the oversight part of it. So let's start off yes. there. What- yes, let's talk about the drivers of the biggest change. We're going to walk through there. I'm going to give literally seconds on vendor surf. I'd rather talk about um, what's driving all the change and such. So it all begins with the 2008 mortgage meltdown, the, the gift that keeps on giving, said in jest, of course. So the sourcing model before the meltdown the majority of vendor sourcing decisions were made by one person, one department. Uh, back in the day at a top four mortgage bank, Scott Roller himself. I could hire or fire any vendor at will. Nobody asked questions, minimal oversight, a rather dicey model in my mind. I liked it, of course, for many reasons. It allowed me to be quick and nimble and very action-oriented and make timely decisions that I knew were best for the, the unit. Uh, but, of course, clearly... Those terms, quick, nimble, timely, aren't really synonymous mm-hmm. with sourcing anymore. Isn't so, that the truth? Yeah, after the meltdown, the sourcing world changed forever. A couple things already talked about today. Dodd-Frank passed into law July 2010, a year later, the birth of a new regulator. Why? Because the OCC was accused of being asleep at the wheel, and they let a lot of this stuff happen. They took a lot of the blame. In a post-mortem sure. review of the meltdown, it was deemed that a major contributing factor to the meltdown was just purely a lack of prudent vendor oversight, if any at all, in a lot of cases. There was due diligence by conference call 
lenders and, and people out there turning a blind eye, looking the other way, not only on egregious acts, but illegal acts. Right. Yeah. So it's sort of a don't ask, don't tell approach. It's the vendor's problem, not mine. Well, that's changed, as we all know. So the outcome of that was, uh, and has been still today, is an intense focus on third-party oversight and governance. You've got the OCC, the CFPB, the FDIC, the NCUA. You've got investors with expectations and others there. The OCC has especially got something to prove to um, try and uh, mitigate a lot of the blame being faced on them. So hasn't made things easier for the rest of us. Um, driving unprecedented costs of compliance. We're going to talk about some real specific examples today. I get a lot of questions in my travels around my clients and around the industry and events and stuff about why this, and and some of those answers are going to be uh, produced today. Lenders really pivoted to the extremes after all of this, sort of a belt and suspenders approach. They added policies and procedures and processes and many, many just hordes of people, entire new teams, the bigger banks spending multiple millions of dollars in this new infrastructure. Not everybody can do that, but so you can imagine the pain at all levels. Lenders shifted. Now there's a lot of people making sourcing decisions. So what that's done for vendors trying to sell their wares is the front door to an organization is a lot harder to find now. Don't celebrate Hmm. when you finally get the contact information from the head of vendor management because there may be 11 more of those that you need to uncover. So um, it's it's really an entirely different ballgame. So probably the biggest and most complained impact is with all these extra cooks in the kitchen, Lender sourcing decision cycle times have just exploded. We're not talking, you know, from a few more months, but a lot of times, depending on the complexity of your product or service, it can be 24 months or more. So so I know lenders out there, you feel this pain. Um, You have to know that the lender side of the house feels pain too. It's very costly and very painful for them as well. One of the offshoots or outcomes of all this is there's we've seen a continually pool of shrinking vendors. There's, there's less choices out there for a lot of reasons. And lastly, millennials, uh, talking about change, they've been joining our uh, workforce for 15 years. Many are influencers or in very hardcore decision-making roles. And for those of us in this business, we have to right. adjust, all of us, whether you're on the buy mm-hmm. side of vendor services or the sell side, you have to adjust there is a misconception out there broadly that the millennial generation really impacts the lenders because it's a, it's a uh, homebuyer population. Vendors take heed. This impacts you every bit as much. So uh, that's kind of, I think, the changes, David, from the past decade. It's really interesting. You know, you mentioned about millennials. What are the impacts that they're driving, if any, at least in this particular space? I'm assuming that is driving a lot of the technology side, but is it across yes. the board? Yep, I've got a lot to say on that. I'll be, I'll be quick. So the events of the past decade that I just described, clearly, without question, the most impactful. A second close is the huge millennial impact on this ecosystem. If our listeners out there have not yet retooled their shops based upon millennial-specific traits and expectations, you must start today. Unfortunately, again, those headlines only talk about, wow, what a great buyer, home buyer population for lenders. But vendors, you have to understand the far-reaching impact. So let's mm. talk about who these millennials are. They're also known as Generation Y. 
If you look at statistics from the Census Bureau and the Brookings Institute, you'll find that millennials are the largest living generation, 75 million strong for us. They make up a quarter of the total population, over 30% of the voting age, and almost 40% of the working age. Mm, Even more notable about the workspace, 44% of this population are minority, the most diverse adult generation in our lifetime. Really? So... This isn't just a lender thing to figure out and capitalize on. So one of the things that we have done, meaning we and my company, how we responded to this seismic demographic shift is we did not just adjust our business. We launched a whole new one, VendorSurf. It's the Angie's List, the home advisor for the industry, <laughs> so you can quickly Great go idea. and Great look way up to compare. 85 yeah. different um, vendor categories, pick your specific search filters, and instantly have initial on-screen due diligence right in front of you in real time. Now are your list yeah. down to who you probably want to be talking to. So we launched a whole business and invested. Custom software isn't cheap to have built. No. So we doubled down, and um, we found people were just tired of static directories and lists and yellow page-like black books and beige book and red books and buyer guides and, you know, resources not leveraging technology, and millennials won't stand for it. So the, the real challenge that I want people to think about, this isn't about vendor surf, it's really about an example to give to you, is how have you pivoted in your business? Many of you do the same. Millennials search online for everything. They're digitally dependent. They demand technology, immediate searching with immediate results, recommendations, next steps. Speed is paramount. They want valuable information. They want it right now. And it's all about shortcuts for them without sacrificing quality. So the question is, for all of you, what have you done to address these millennial things that they value? Technology, mobility, collaboration with like-minded groups, research and consuming vast amounts of content. You can't continue to rely upon word-of-mouth referrals and going to trade shows, basic advertising and cold calling. You have to meet these millennials in their hangouts on their terms. The the impact, the, the overall impact, whether good or not so good, depending on actions you take or don't, is deeply underestimated. So you don't just sell to millennials. They came of age during the information age. They place a high value on content marketing. The other Scott from earlier today hit the nail on the head, storytelling. Content marketing is a type of marketing that involves the creation or sharing of online material that may not explicitly promote your brand or your product, but it's intended to stimulate thought and respect completely associated with you and your brand. So millennials, they want to consume this and take an affinity to you. They're willing to try something new, and they're just as willing to adopt it or abandon it fast. So keep in mind, innovation alone is not enough. You have to delight these millennials with things they are going to want to share and digitally inform others. They are influencers in their network. They value that role they play. So if, if there's a mantra out there that we need to listen to, about millennials, their mantra might just be, hey, listen, lure me in with consistently good and useful content on desirable topics to me, regularly educate me along the way, and I might become a forever follower and a likely buyer if you solve my needs. That's so true. It's excellent. 
Yeah, that's so, good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on your website right now as you were talking and taking a look at it. I encourage people to get over there. It's vendorsurf.com, uh, and uh, you see all the different categories. Uh, we're part of it. We're pleased to be there and thrilled. Uh, we're driving a lot of our clients to start looking at it. So awesome. both of, from, from, from a vendor standpoint, folks, if you're not listed on here, be sure to get there because, as, he, as uh, Scott points out, it's where more and more searching is going on. And why not get a one source that you can do it all on? Um, let's talk about when you're working and consulting broadly to this industry, what vendor-related trends are you seeing and the challenges that these vendors are encountering today? Great question. The first thing that I will mention is um, it's worth repeating. I provided a little bit of color earlier, but it's sourcing by committee. Decisions mm-hmm. are no longer made by a person or a department. Since Dodd-Frank, almost all procurement decisions from all institutions are done by committee, often six to ten different people across the organization. Let me tell you positions that I regularly see on sourcing committees. Vendor management, procurement, operations, legal, compliance, risk, operational risk, third-party oversight, and then maybe a few from uh, the corporate mothership bank legal compliance and risk from headquarters. So there is a lot of different people with a lot of different aspects and needs out of that. So that's one of the reasons why we came up with a search engine. A search engine enables all of these to go search on their own filters and come back to the table. So think about this. More troubling is most of these committee members have no experience and, frankly, no desire for the vendor procurement process. They were placed on this committee to represent their department's mission, and gaining committee consensus on even a handful of vendors to send an RFP out to might resemble a hung jury in a lot of cases. Um, I've seen a lot of it. Um, These committee members hear this. They almost never attend an industry conference. Think about the roles. Think about the roles I mentioned. The people on committee members, and I've asked a lot, I I do a lot of uh, voice of the customer, voice of the industry, and they rarely attend a conference. So you've got to change it. What have you done to adjust to this new norm? How can you possibly get in front of them? These are the realities that you need to act upon. So that's probably amongst the biggest trends and changes we've seen. The other thing, David, and this goes hand-in-hand, changing and restructuring and retooling, Vendor sales teams, given everything we just discussed, we're helping a lot of vendors shrink their direct sales teams and really grow their inside sales teams, a lot more marketing content, content managers, social media managers, bloggers, and guest writers. We also see this trend on the lender side. A third-party origination business is also business-to-business. We're seeing a lot less cold calling, a lot less direct, and a lot more content marketing. From a marketing strategy point, that that is such th- those are some really valuable insights, and people need to wake up to that. That's good. You really Very do. Good. The world has changed. One of the results of this is we're seeing a constantly shrinking vendor pool. Some people have just folded their tents because the new environment that we drove. You know what caused this new environment with the meltdown and everything we've talked about before. Um, some people just can't hang. It's it's a world they can either no longer or don't want to play in any yeah. longer. So we have seen a lot of um, shrinking vendor pools. Think of this. 
lenders are trimming down and slimming down. Um, they, they just can't afford to keep a huge stable of vendors. The cost of compliance is just outrageous, and they've got to do more with fewer vendors. So in the past two years alone, I, I, we track every vendor M&A deal, and in 2018 and 2019, there were 80 M&A transactions that we tracked ourselves, already five in January of 2020. That wow. is an incredible. It's it's one a week, and keep in mind we don't we don't hear of every transaction, and we're already tracking at one per week. That gives you an idea of some of the changes going on along those lines, and related to the shrinking of the vendor pool. There's a huge popularity in captive vendors, um, vendors and um, affiliated JVs. There's revenue streams there. There's um, all kind, we're engaged in many conversations in building such partnerships, and um, there's a lot of reasons why. Frankly, we, we have two major clients out there that are um, asking us to help convert vendor management to profit centers, and there's a lot of opportunity there. So just major, major changes that we've seen. What are some of the advancements that our listeners can leverage for better efficiency and reducing cost? in the overall vendor selection and oversight process? Well, fortunately, after decades of cross fingers and toes, we're starting to see a major influx of uh, service providers and new and, and intriguing stuff. So mm-hmm. the floodgates have started to open a little bit, at least uh, you know, a, a, a strong trickle. So what we've seen is um, surrounding vendor due diligence oversight, we've seen a lot of new vendors and new products. There's a lot of online platforms that have software as a service, and these um, are soup to nuts. It can be um, holistic management of your vendors from itemized task lists and to-dos to dashboards that roll all the way up to the board of directors, you know, the high-level C-suite snapshots and sound bites, um, which is very, very hopeful, holistic approach. If you're not there and you can't afford it, build it in. Do something is the message here. You've got to do something Um, or you're putting your entire business at risk. There's a lot of professional services continuing to be deployed where you can outsource your your vetting and they've got risk scoring tools and ratings and rankings. And this is really invaluable if you think about it. Interesting, yeah. These organizations sort of sit in the captain's chair at the intersection of where lenders and servicers and vendors meet. And there's a lot of best practices sort of vacuumed up. So you're not just seeing one way of doing it. You're getting expertise from an industry-wide perspective. So I think it's important also to keep in mind that, um, you know, lenders get one bite of the apple. It is impossible to get IT prioritization. If it's not legal, regulatory, compliance-driven, stand in line for two years and uh, hmm. you might be able. So if you're, not, if you're not easy to integrate with, if you don't have API integration, right. that's table stakes. Yeah, and that really kind of gets over into uh, your perspective of the future. You work with so many vendors, and certainly you therefore have a uh, – you're looking up and down all the vendors. I'm on your website looking at how many you work with. Uh, we're thrilled to be there. Again, thanks so much for the opportunity, both of our companies, Ainsworth as well as Transformation Mortgage Solutions. Uh, but we're looking at what is coming as far as enhancements and innovations. There's got to be no one that has a better perspective on that than yourself. There are attempts at standardization. We, we know of two industry institutions out there trying to standardize vendor oversight and due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not believers yet. I mean, we're believers in the concept, 
but we right. we think it's um, knowing what we've seen across the industry. It's like solving world hunger, and the only people that can make that happen are investors. Um, either um, you you comply with this uh, vendor overlay or no buy of your product. Um, it right. won't happen without the uh, investors coming on board for that. Um, we see a lot of emergence of artificial intelligence, machine learning, natural language, chatbots, blockchain. There's some pretty impressive things going on. Um, a, a couple examples in the space, we work with a couple partners right now that can convert every one of your documents, the contents, into data, making it searchable and queryable. You, you can document all your uh, you know, pockets of tribal knowledge and arm your entire workforce with exactly everything they need, one portal across every application. Hey, what's the lock expiration date on the Miller file? Or show me all outstanding documents on the Robertson file. Just ask it, and it's presented to you. You don't have to log in and out of a ton of different systems. So really amazing stuff. The key there is you've got to dedicate the SME resources to make it happen. It's, right. It, it takes effort from both sides. The thing that I think we're most excited about, what is the biggest ailment, the biggest topic and fear in this financial services industry? Cybersecurity. Yeah. You've got to hear what I'm about to say. Nothing excites us more. You can now get widespread insights into your vendor vulnerabilities. Really? These are real solutions. And you can, especially cyber and wire fraud, in most cases, it's not the lenders that are being hacked. They're, they're a party to yeah. the resulting problem, but it's third and fourth party vendors. So now That's you right. have some tools to address this, even all the way down to a loan transaction level. Do you want to know if anybody in this email string is an imposter or a hacker, business email compromise? Solutions exist today that will tell you that, saying, hey, notification to all of you, there's a hacker among us in here, and here's who it is. And everybody needs to lock down, and there's some steps you need to take. Interesting. Um, within minutes, you can request and receive current cyber risk profiles on every vendor that you have or that maybe you want to use. You can look them up individually or you could submit a bulk file and you can see exactly what hackers see. You don't buy mm. a carton of milk without looking at the expiration date before you put it in your cart. Well, that same technology and a service is there. Monitoring, you can monitor on an ongoing basis. Has there been any change up or down in my, in my vendor's risk profiles? Has anybody been compromised on the dark web? What about um, the, the most risky transaction of all, wiring funds to these purchase vendors, oh, I know. title, title and that you have yeah. no clue. It's Joe's muffler and title. Well, before you do that, you've got a tool. Go in and check Joe's muffler, title, and escrow shop and get a cyber report card and find out if he's A, B, C, D, or F. If he's not a grade you like, deny the request. Choose somebody to your liking. Joe Farr still dialed in here with us. Joe, thanks for hanging in here. Joe, I'll go to you for a question as I read over and we answer some of the questions that have come in from listeners. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, yeah my question, and it's just a need for understanding, how far can a mortgage company give you the responsibility to vet their potential vendors and, and they just make a selection? How, how much are they still going to have to do in their systems and their committees, and how much can they give off to you or the people that do what you do? It's a fabulous question. Thank you. It's asked all the time because people want to stick to their core competency. And a lot of sure. times lenders and vetting vendors is not a core competency. That's why a lot of times there's you know, outsourced services. This is a mainstream service. You have no problems. There is no regulation against it. But the key is 
you can't just turn it over and not be a party to it. Mm-hmm. You have to oversee the overseers. You have to have your footprint and your executives and your boards of directors. You've got to make sure there's dashboards and rules and everybody's playing in the sandbox and that there's awareness and control. But by all means, it's done. It's done every day. I can introduce you to people that do it very, very well. It's their core competency. They do it better, faster, and cheaper. You've just got to stay in control of it and, and not drift away. Good Thank question. you. It, it only makes sense that, that the uh, the work be done by those who are most efficient at doing it, and that's not going to be those committees. True. Yeah, that's Very so true. true. Yeah. Yeah, let's go through a couple of questions, and we'll wrap this up. One of these that must be a vendor that's looking at, how can I get my services listed on your vendor net? Is there a cost? Is there a free version? Or how can they how can they work with you? Sure. Great question. Of course, we, we love inquiries on our stuff. If you go to Vendor Surf, like surfing, vendorsurf.com, it's a subscription base. The way that it works is it's, think of Angie's List, plumbers and electricians and deck builders and roofers. Mm-hmm. They pay Angie's List to get discovered by people searching in their area for their expertise. So same concept. There's 85 categories of vendors on Vendor Surf. You can look at the categories, and a lot of times we'll help you. We'll tell you which, hey, we've looked at your website. It looks like you would be a good qualifier for these eight categories or these three. And on the home page in the middle, you'll see something that says see our uh, pricing packages, uh, vendor listing packages. It ranges from $495 a year up mm-hmm. to $6,495 a year. The biggest difference is do you need a lot more listings than the, the vendor next to you? And in the, the 6495, we do a lot of content marketing on your behalf. We are a, a brand okay. ambassador for you. So you reach out to us. We're easily found in the contact us portion. Reach out. We'll certainly don't expect a salesy sales show. We're operations and strategy people. Um, we'll help you see what's there, but you, we're not your weekly stalker. Uh, I got another question. This is from a lender, obviously. I know the answer to this is, does it cost us to go on and look? And the answer is no. And I'm making sure there's no cost to lenders searching your site, correct? 24 by 7, free is free. We don't even force you to log in. We don't force a registration. There is a registration and a login option. And when you do that, we really enable some really cool tools for you as a searcher. But you don't have to do that. One of the things that we heard loud and clear was, I want to search anonymously on my time. If I search, I don't want to get a call from vendors I looked at 10 minutes later. And, yeah, um, in other words, don't, not, don't be selling my information. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and so we don't. It's locked down tight. And uh, so if you register and log in, we track things for you that are helpful tools for you and you only in the future, like who did you visit? Do you remember um, do you want to save some favorites? Go back and look at them. Leave some notes as to why you saved them as favorites right. so you don't forget. But free, free, free. That's good. Free to the users searching for a vendor and a modest fee for those of us who are vendors on the site. Sounds like a great program. Uh, another question came in. We'll wrap it up with this one. How long have you been in existence? Uh, I'm on the site now, he, person says, and looks like it's really just getting started. Uh, last question that they came up with is how long have you been going? What is the rate of growth, and can we expect to see all the vendors on your system? Wow. Let me answer it this way. We've been around. We just started our third year. So December 
mid-December of 2019, about a month ago, we celebrated mm-hmm. our second anniversary. We are now in our third year. We have roughly 700 vendor listings on the site. Keep in mind, Good. one vendor can have multiple listings, so it's not necessarily right. 700 vendors, but 700 individual unique listings for right. services. Right. So we're not new. To the point, I'm a believer. I've drank the Kool-Aid on content marketing. You heard the other Scott talking about content yep. marketing, mm-hmm. storytelling. We have... 22,000 unique visitors, and we add 1,000 new unique visitors a month. We've had 200,000 page views in our existence. People come to the site, and they stick around for almost five minutes per visit. So they're not just coming going, oh, wow, and and bolting. They look at an average of over six pages for four minutes and 52 seconds. And... (sighs) The great thing about it is they return to us almost 40% of the time, and that is a very high statistic for any online marketplace. Oh, yeah. To the content marketing piece, the popularity. If you're a vendor, you want to know if people are coming here. Know this, the power of content marketing and plugging that and giving you an imperative to do more of it. We've been alive for 25 months, and before the two-year mark, Google, Bing, and Yahoo started referring 54% of our traffic comes from them. They love our content so much. They do all these crawls of our site all the time, and they categorize us. And, you know, do we make it into page one of Google for this or that? 54% of our traffic comes from Google, Bing, and Yahoo. That's it. If okay. they can trust our content, we hope you will too. That's good, Sap. Good, excellent material. Kudos to you. For people that want to go to the website, it's Vendorsurf, S-U-R-F dot com. And if they want to call you and ask some questions, what's the best way for them to connect with you, Scott? Email is scott, with two T's, at Vendorsurf dot com. And my cell phone is 636-448-3713, Love to talk to you. Just be prepared. We're passionate about this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a great product. And a, a shout-out to Ann McClellan, uh, who introduced us and who I've known for a good number of years, a podcast listener. And I'm really excited. She's a part of your team as well. So thank you so much for being here. Great news. I think it's something everyone should check out. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Dave, for letting us be a part of the best podcast in the industry. Appreciate it. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> thank care, you everybody. so much, Scott. Folks, uh, it's been great to have you. Scott Rolleron, who is a co-founder of Vendor Server. Again, check out their website. Be sure to tell your colleagues and those in the industry about our podcast. We've grown virally over the years, over 500,000 downloads and growing like crazy. It's really fun. Next week, we've got Logan Motoshami coming back. He'll be here with us live, and he's going to give us some very interesting information about the mortgage industry, where he sees it going for 2020, as well as housing. So he'll be sharing his 2020 economic and housing. Be sure to come back here next week. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finastra, the MBA, the Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, Ainsworth Advisors, Knowledge Group, Mobility RE, Celebrity Home Loans, Open Mortgage, Velma, Vidyard, VendorSurf, and AI Assist. Folks, great to have you with us. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week at 
Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.